Chapter 15 The Honor of God Verse 1 Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elijah, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. Thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and thy creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elijah said to her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go, borrow thee vessels abroad from all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. Borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass, when the vessels were full, and she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. Then she came and told the man of God, He said, Go, sell the oil, pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children off the rest. And it fell on a day that Elisha passed Shunan, where there was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold now, I perceive this is a holy man of God, which passes by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed, a table, a stool, and a candlestick. And it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in hither. And it fell on a day that he came hither, and he turned into the chamber and lay there. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, Call this Shunammite. And when he called her, she stood before him, and he said unto him, Now say unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for thee? Wouldst thou be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among mine own people. And he said, What then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, Verily, she hath no child, and her husband is old. And he said, Call her. And when he called her, she stood in the door. And he said, About this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, Nay, my lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thine handmaid. And the woman conceived and bare a son at that season that Elijah had said unto her, according to the time of life. When the child was grown, it fell on a day that went out to his father, to the reapers. And he said unto his father, My head, my head. And he said to a lad, Carry him to his mother. 
And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door upon him and went out. And he called unto her husband and said, Send me, I pray thee, one of the young men and one of the asses, that I might run to the man of God and come again. And he said, Wherefore wilt thou go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. And she said, It shall be well. Then she saddled an ass and said to the servant, Drive and go forward. Slack not thy riding for me, except I bid thee. So she went and came to the man of God to Mount Carmel. And it came to pass, when the man of God saw her afar off, he said to Gehazi, his servant, Behold, yonder is that Shunammite. Run now, I pray thee, to meet her, and say unto her, Is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, It is well. And then she came to the man of God to the hill, and she caught him by his feet. But Gehazi came near to thrust her away, but the man of God said, Let her alone, for her soul is vexed within her, and the Lord hath hid it from me, and hath not told me. Then she said, Did I desire a son of my Lord? Did I not say, Do not deceive me? Then he said to Gehazi, Gird up thy loins, and take thy staff in thine hand, and go thy way. And if thou meet any man, salute him not. And if he salute thee, answer him not again. And lay thy staff upon the face of the child. And the mother of the child said, As the Lord liveth, and as my soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And he arose and followed her. And Gehazi passed on before them and laid the staff on the face of the child, but there was neither voice nor hearing. Wherefore he went out again to meet him and told him, saying, The child is not awakened. When Elisha came unto the house, behold, the child was dead and laid upon his bed. And he went therefore and shut the door upon him twain and prayed unto the Lord, and he went up and lay upon the child and put his mouth upon the mouth and on his eyes upon his eyes and his hands upon his hands. And he stretched himself upon the child and the flesh of the child waxed warm. Then he returned and walked in the house to and fro and went up and stretched himself upon him. And the child sneezed seven times and the child opened his eyes. And then he called Gehazi and said, Call this Shunammite. So he called her, and when she was come in unto him, he said, Take up thy son. Then she went in, and she fell at his feet, and bowed herself to the ground, and took up her son, and went out. Second Kings 4, verses 1 through 37. 
Now in Second Kings 4, verse 1 through chapter 8, verse 6, we have a series of miracles in the ministry of Elisha. All these designed to strengthen the remnant while being a witness to the power of the Lord. In this section, we have two. In 2 Kings 4, 1 through 7, the widow's cruise of oil. In 2 Kings 4, 8 through 37, the Shunammite and her son. These two miracles closely resemble the life of Elijah at Zarephath, 1 Kings 17, 1 through 24. In the same way, many of the apostolic miracles in Acts resemble those of our Lord in his ministry. The apostolic miracles demonstrate that Jesus Christ was alive and at work in his disciples. Elisha's miracles set forth the fact that God of Elijah was continuing his witness through Elisha. There is a resemblance between the two miracles of Elisha and the two of Elijah by Zarephath. And there are many other parallels between the lives of the two men. But there is also a major difference. Elijah's life and ministry is more and more involved with the schools of the prophets and with the faithful remnant. Whereas, Elijah's great work is in his confrontations with Ahab and Israel. Out of Elijah's confrontations, a growing remnant had developed. And to these, Elisha ministers. The first miracle involved the widow of one of the students whose husband's death left her in debt. A creditor came to take away her only asset, two boys, her sons, who would become bond servants until redeemed or until the time of Jubilee, Leviticus 25, verse 39 through 41. And if they chose to remain, or if after six years under normal circumstances, Exodus 21, verse 1 and 2. The widow had no assets in which to forestall the creditor, and little in the house, save a flask or cruise of oil. Elijah ordered her to borrow as many flasks and containers as possible, and to pour oil into them from her cruise. As long as she had containers, the oil flowed miraculously. With this oil, she paid off her debts and saved her children. In the second episode, a godly woman of wealth provided a separate quarter for her house for Elisha and Gehazi, his servant's son, whenever Elisha was in Shunem. The prophet blessed and rewarded her and her husband by declaring the Lord would remove their childlessness. In due time, a son was born, and some years later, while working with his father at the harvest time, he fell ill. A servant carried him home to his mother. About midday, the boy died. The woman said nothing of this to anyone, not even her husband, but laid the boy on the bed of Elisha in his private quarters. She had an ass saddled for herself, and with the servant, hurried to Elijah at Mount Carmel, where there apparently was another school. Briefly, Elijah returned with her, and the boy was miraculously restored to life. Two things stand out in this narrative. First, the woman was a forthright and plain-spoken person. 
Because of her faithfulness and help, Elijah offered to reward her and her husband. Elijah had followers in high places, and a word could be spoken through these friends, even to the king. She wanted, however, neither special favors nor advancement. Her only answer was, quote, I dwell among my own people, end quote. 2 Kings 4-13 Gehazi, however, reported her hunger for a child to Elijah, who told the Shunammite that she would give birth to a son. Her answer was, quote, Nay, my lord, thou man of God, do not lie to thine handmaid, end quote. 2 Kings 4-16 when her son died, she said to Elijah, on seeing him, quote, Did I desire a son of my Lord? Did I not say, do not deceive me? End quote. 2 Kings 4.28 She clearly implied that by giving her a son and taking him away, the Lord and Elijah had deceived her. She was very close to blasphemy. But Elijah did not rebuke her. Elijah made it clear to her that he knew nothing of what had happened. 2 Kings 4, 25-27 In spite of this bluntness, the woman also clung to Elijah as her one hope. 2 Kings 4, 30 Second, there was a startling fact that she deliberately hid the dead of her son from her husband and servants. And if the death became public, Elijah's miracle, the Lord's blessing, would be turned into mockery. And Elijah would have been widely defamed. Privately, she was blunt with Elijah to the point of rudeness. Publicly, she was totally concerned with his good name and the honor of the Lord. She was a woman who was a strong, if not a difficult friend and one who would make a dangerous enemy. It is interesting to note what this bold and outspoken woman does when her son is brought back to life. Quote, Then she went in and fell at his, Elijah's, feet and bowed herself to the ground and took up her son and went out. End quote. Second Kings 4.37 Silently, she worshipped the power of God manifested in Elisha, and then left. An amazing woman, this Shunammite. As the story crackles with the strong reality of her presence, still alive in its impact across the centuries, she believed the honor of God was at stake in her distress, and she acted accordingly. Her reward was in harmony with her faith. She loved her son as much as life and more. But it was the honor of God that governed her actions. In both these miracles, God cares for his own. The Lord declares himself to be God of widows and orphans, Deuteronomy 10, verse 18, and of the weak and the helpless. Too few take him at his word.